Welcome to Beautifully Bloomed, the podcast where we explore how to break you out of the box of rules and beliefs that are holding you back from the life you are meant to live. I'm your host, Rebecca Turville. Join me as I share mindset tools, coaching conversations, and human design to help you uncover your unique gifts and create the life, relationships, and business you desire. Today I'm with Don Ziger, who is a dating coach who helps women to find their happily ever after. That's me. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for coming to my podcast. And we're not going to talk today about divorce or, well, maybe it comes up, but we're not. That's not the main reason, right? I had you on. So fun. So I I just want to ask you a couple of things because as my audience might know by now, right now I'm in the middle of a series of interviews about faith transitions and faith crisis. And you had, you had replied to my Facebook post about this topic. So I'm really curious now. So tell us, because we didn't talk about this before we got on, what did you grow up in the church or like, what was your growing up like? I did. I have to say overall, I had a wonderful experience in the Catholic church. So had a dad and a mom, like most of us do, and then six kids. So they definitely practice the the Catholic version of no birth control kind of thing. And so, yeah, so we were there, the Ziegler family. I grew up in Plainfield, New Jersey and Falston, Maryland. And so we would go to church every Sunday and we were like, we're all gargantuanly tall. So they probably thought, damn, the Ziegler people are here again. This is like a mountain of eight people, you know, that you could barely see over. So, yeah, and my dad and my mom were both, uh, they call them Eucharistic ministers, meaning they can. um, I don't know what that means. So you've probably seen the Catholic Church. Um, besides all the standing up and sitting down and kneeling, there's a point where you go to communion, right? Okay. Okay, and so yes. they have a priest that what they call transubstantiation because the Catholic Church believes that the the bread and wine is it's not a symbol of the body and blood. It is the body and blood of Jesus. And so the priest distributes communion, but lay people can become trained to become, they call it Eucharistic ministers. And so my parents were Eucharistic ministers. My dad, God love him. He's wonderful. Um, He passed away, but he's awesome. He taught CCD. Do you know what that is? Yeah. I had Um, Catholic friends in high school, so I was pretty close to them. So I heard about all the things like CCD. Yeah. Catholic Christian doctrine, I think is what it stands for. And so he taught like the juniors and seniors, like, you know, the love, sex, drugs, and rock and roll course um, (laughs) or whatever. And yeah. So like I said, I had, I mean, I have no complaints about growing up in the Catholic church, you know, like I said, they took us to church every Sunday. Most Sundays I was kind of like, like, okay, whatever. Um, And then I had a period of time when I first got married that I was just way too lazy. I didn't go to church. And then I started having kids. I had three kids and my, um, my ex-husband, the father of my three kids is not Catholic, but part of the deal is if you get married in the Catholic church, I don't know if you know this or not, but if the person you're marrying is not Catholic, that's fine, but they have to agree to raise the kids Catholic. Oh, you have to sign like a document or something in blood. Oh, no. <laughs> just no, It's just an agreement. And so, so in the, in the Catholic church, you take, uh, they call them pre-cana classes or you meet with the priest ahead of time. And, or, or we did a weekend retreat called engaged encounter. Have you heard of marriage encounter? No. Well, yes, I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so we did an engaged encounter. So, so yeah, so we got married in the Catholic church. And like I said, like, he didn't care. He's like, yeah, that's fine. And so during the time when I was married to my um, first husband with the three kids, 
basically was me dragging the four of them to church because he didn't really want to go, but it was just like, ah. and then my kids went to Catholic school for, um, probably until middle school. Yeah. And yeah. And then, yeah, I was involved. I would help like after my kids left the Catholic school and went to what I called the dark side public school, um, <laughs> that I made them go to CCD, which now I kind of regret. And I'll tell you why later. Um, and then even for a while, I was a CCD teacher. Like I, when my, when my son, all three of my kids got confirmed, which do you have confirmation? Yes, you know, we have is, confirmation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they all got confirmed in the Catholic church. And it's funny because now none of them are Catholic, but, but yeah, so that's what I did. Like, you know, went to church pretty much every Sunday. So, and- I mean, did you have a spiritual connection? Like, did you feel like this is just so right? Like as a kid and, or is it just, this is what we do? I would say probably both. Like I have a deep faith. Like I, Jesus is my dude. In fact, right now I'm looking at a picture of Jesus. It's a Rembrandt painting, painting called head of Christ. So yeah, totally faithful. Yeah. Um, but most of the time in church, I was bored because yeah. I don't think I've been to a Catholic mass, but you know, it's yeah. the same thing every week. <laughs> and then going that varies is the sermon or the homily. And then some priests are really shitty homilists. Mm. And then my mom would say, well, you don't go to church to be entertained. Oh. And I'm like, well, I <laughs> <Right>. do. So <laughs> anyway, so exactly. But you, but you continued going like after you got married. And so I'm just curious, like it was just a thing you did or well, like my faith is such a positive thing in my life. And I kind of thought I'm a parent. And so it's my job to help them. Like, it's like, it's my job to help them do a lot of things, go to school, learn how to eat right, have faith, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, we went and a lot of times it was kind of a struggle because, you know, they didn't really want to go, but they went. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as practicing Catholics, is it just going to church or like, is there other quote rules no. to follow or? Yeah. It's interesting because I have one sibling, I have five siblings um, and one of them would have called me a cafeteria Catholic. And that would have been a slam. So what, and it's kind of funny because every single person and every single religion is a cafeteria, whatever, like we all pick and you know what I mean? It's like, because here's an example. So you're a Catholic. So if you're a true Catholic, you know, you're not using birth control. um, You don't get divorced. Like, or if you get remarried, you get an annulment. There's a lot of things that you're just do as a Catholic. Right. So since I'm a quote, or used to be a cafeteria Catholic, like I got my tubes tied, or I always say I got spayed after my third kid, because I was like, this ain't no, we're done. But like I said, my very Catholic aunt took me to the appointment to get my tubes tied. So even though she was, you know, practicing Catholic, like, but my mother would not have driven me. And then of course, you know, pro-life from conception to natural death. But then there's plenty of Catholics that, you know, are not for life. But um, yeah, so there's, there's, it's called a catechism. Have you heard of the Catholic catechism? Like it's an actual book with all the rules written by a bunch of men. It's extremely patriarchal. Yeah. And so do you want to hear a little bit about why I'm no longer? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I was curious where you came from, like, as far as how you grew up, if there was a lot of rules and strict doctrine in your home or any of that it doesn't really sound uh, like it's the same as what I grew up in you know it's probably like- not I mean like when I was growing up you know I wouldn't say there were taboo things but like we could talk to my parents about sex but it was always just known like sex yeah. is for marriage yeah. you don't have sex outside of marriage exactly and then yeah I, did, I I lost my virginity when I was almost 20 and I was like oh like 
the earth is still spinning, like everything's fine. And I still, actually, I still really like the way that I, I think I was raised to respect sex rather than think it's a way for me to use people to get my jollies. And so Mm -hmm. I still like that. I still like that idea. So the moral stuff or the kind of the moral parts of going to church kind of. Oh yeah. I mean, like, and so the reason I'm a cafeteria or used to be a cafeteria Catholic is like they have um, and like I said, I haven't really been Catholic probably for the last five or six years. So some of this I might be getting wrong, but there's like mortal sins and venial sins, meaning like serious and less serious. And so did you have to go and confess your sins to the, mm-hmm. and you did that on a regular basis, right? And not, not really a regular basis, but um, yeah. So in the Catholic church, there's the seven sacraments. Mm-hmm. So the first one is baptism. And then there's, let's say, reconciliation, which you call confession. Mm. Um, one of them is Holy Communion, which you get communion. Yeah. Um, one of them is confirmation. Then there's marriage. So marriage is a sacrament in the Catholic Church. And then there's holy orders. That's if you become a priest or not. And then there's anointing of the sick. And so I've been baptized, had reconciliation, first communion, matrimony, and anointing of the sick. Because I had open heart surgery about three years ago, and I had a heart attack like 15 years ago oh. and I'm only 50, I'm 57 now. Um, yeah. So anyway, so, so I've been in the hospital before and I've been anointed. So they used to do it like on the, it meant you were on your deathbed, but you, it doesn't necessarily mean that now you can get anointed, you know, when you're not necessarily going to die Yeah. Um, when you're just really sick. Yeah. And so things really, I'd say kind of started to fall apart after my divorce from my husband, the one that I had three kids with. And then I started dating a man who subsequently became my second husband. And I knew that I did not want to get an annulment. I did not. What does that mean? So an annulment is not a divorce. Is that what you're saying? Well, so you, so, so really a divorce is done, you know, by the state. So I live in Pennsylvania. So the state of Pennsylvania divorced me and I do respect this. And I understand why, like marriage, as you know, is a serious, can I cuss on this podcast? Can yeah, I, no. I mean, sort of, but you know, I, I don't, won't. this I is won't. super funny for me to even answer the question. I'm like, uh. <laughs> I'll say fricking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Marriage is very serious. It's serious. Yes. Right. I mean, it's a big deal. And so the Catholic church doesn't want it to seem like it's this revolving door. Oh, that one didn't work out. Get a divorce, get another one. I get it because there's a lot involved in getting a divorce, children and just all kinds of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So in the Catholic church to get remarried in the Catholic church, you have to get an annulment and no, it doesn't mean that your kids are bastards. It, it just means that a marriage didn't take place. Like there was something wrong before you got whatever. The reason I never wanted to do it, I was, is because I'm like, and I still believe this wholeheartedly. It's like, you know what? We believe that God is omniscient and omnipresent mm, and yeah. he, she, God already knows everything that happened in our marriage. I'm not going to write it down. I don't want to feel like I'm throwing him under the bus. Yeah. And because then then I think in the annulment process, like other people have to kind of chime in about problems they saw. And I'm like, that's bullshit. I am not doing that. Sorry, I said bullshit. But I was like, I'm not, that's That's not going to happen. Yeah. I was like, in fact, one time I was teaching CCD with another teacher to my son. He was like a junior in high school. And the whole idea of annulment came up and like, I almost just lost it in class. I'm just like, I, I, no, I'm, I'm not getting an annulment. Anyway, so I didn't get an annulment. I don't want an annulment. I think for some people, the process is very healing because 
you're thinking of what happened and what did I do wrong? What did he do wrong? Like, where did, where were the stumbling blocks? What do I want, not want to do again? Like, so I know I have friends that have gotten an annulment. It was very healing for them, but for me, it would not have been healing. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then I got married the second time and we got married in a Methodist church. And oh. had, had you switched already? Or was no, in fact, I never, I never became Methodist. I just kind of felt like I would go to Catholic mass. Sometimes I would go to church with my second husband, Methodist. Sometimes like I was just kind of like, and that was a big deal because when I was growing up, like, you know, you were Catholic, the one true faith, you know, it was founded what rock Peter, the rock, Jesus appointed, whatever. And so I've heard that so many times. I also don't believe that, but when I was growing up, like if I had a friend, like I can remember like being maybe in college and going to church with a friend at a different denomination, like let's say Lutheran or Presbyterian and getting communion. And my mom like, what? You had food? Like, you know, like, yes, it's a very big deal. (laughs) I get this. Because in the Catholic church, the sacrament and is believed to be the actual presence of Jesus, where in other churches, it's a symbol. And so anyway, so I just remember having this mental drama, like, oh my God, am I, am I doing something wrong by going to communion here? Anyway, I no longer feel that way. Yeah. So at the time of my second marriage, two of my sisters came, but my mom, one of my sisters, and my brother, and then I have one sister who had passed away. So obviously she didn't have an opinion or maybe yeah. she did up in heaven, but, but yeah, they didn't acknowledge it at all. They didn't send a card. They didn't call me. No congratulations. It was as if it didn't happen. Wow. That must feel, I'm just thinking, how, how does that feel? It was awful. Like, it felt like shit. I don't know. Sorry, I guess yeah. again, it felt horrible. It's okay. Like you're like separated now from your family, kind of, or they separated you. Well, it's like my family is so lovely and they're so odd. Like there's, some of them are super Catholics. And so in their mind, it would have been, I'm putting words into their mouth, but sinful for them to quote, condone what I was doing by showing up. And so, like I said, two siblings showed up and then the rest of them didn't really acknowledge it. But then when I, when my second husband and I went to visit them in the Midwest, they're perfectly lovely. Like it wasn't like, you know, you're shunned. Do not come into my home. Yeah, it was fine. Um, But they never, Yeah. after I got married the second time, um, I went to mass, Catholic mass. And one of the priests said, like I had a meeting with a priest and he said, you know, the doctrine of the Catholic church is that you can't receive communion. Like if you are a divorced Catholic who remarries outside of the church, you're at a, it's a moral sin or something. And wow. you can't receive communion when you're in a state of mortal sin. And I said to him, I said, this is a pile of crap. I said, so some pedophile who's looking at child porn all freaking night, he's in line to get communion. But my sin is public, but I can't receive communion. So I thought that was a pile of crap. And the priest just said, you know what? You're welcome in my communion line anytime. So there's a lot. So the thing is, though, just like Republicans or Democrats or Libertarians or Catholics or anything, like it's a spectrum of beliefs and everybody's a cafeteria, American Catholic, Lutheran, (laughs) Jew, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. So some, some priests would say, do not darken the door in my communion line. And other priests would just be like, hallelujah, praise Jesus. Glad you're here. So, but yeah, so I, so then my second husband left me after a year and a half of marriage and I won't go into that, but it yeah. was, it was a debacle. It, it was one of the lowest times in my life. I wasn't suicidal, but I didn't want to be alive, put it that way. Mm-hmm. And then I you know, swore I'd never, ever date again or remarry, which is kind of funny because now I'm married, but about 
a year and a half after he left me, I started dating and I met a guy who's Presbyterian, but he's not, we're so lazy. We have, I mean, we went to church every week in the Presbyterian, uh, or I'm sorry, Episcopal. Oh my God. I mean, I was saying Episcopal church. We used to go every Sunday and we had our wedding blessed by an Episcopal priest and had a reception just this past August. But during COVID, we just got out of the habit of going to church. Yeah, exactly. And now we have no excuse. Like they're having um, Episcopal mass like every Sunday. And so I just told my friend Carolyn, bring me, tell me to go with you next Sunday. I need to go. So, Yeah. yeah. But really how it started was was that just kind of feeling like I would go back to the Midwest to visit and then I would go to mass with my family and I would go to communion because I was like, you know, I don't think Jesus is saying like, get out of line, woman. <laughs> like I didn't, I, I didn't feel that at all. I'm yeah. like, you know, but I felt judged by my family. Like, oh, is she really going to communion? She's a remarried Catholic. And, and, yeah. and so I just kind of felt like, you know what? Ugh. Yeah, that judgment feeling. Yeah. Yeah, and then my... And then my daughter, um, who gave me permission to say this, but yeah. I have three kids, one of two of them are girls. One of my daughters is gay. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, she said to me, she's like, mom, how can you go to a church where I couldn't get married and where women can't become priests? And at the time I was kind of like, oh, it doesn't really affect me. I'm not gay and I don't want to be a priest. But then I realized like, you're yeah. right. Yeah. And so I was just like, and so now I'm, I've got, Look, I've got a big sign that says down with the patriarchy. <laughs> so I was just like, you know what? Through this patriarchal crap, yeah. I'm not, no. Yeah. And so the Episcopal church was fascinating because my my husband was raised Episcopal, but then he kind of stopped going to church. And so he got, he went through classes at the church that I'm going to go through as well when they reinstitute them. But he got like reaffirmed in the Episcopal church. And so I, I will take the classes and then I will be like welcomed into the Episcopal church. And it was great because at the ceremony, it was a female bishop. And I was like, oh, oh my God, what? There's a woman in charge. <laughs> and so and then the church, like it's very formal, like it's, it's a very formal mass. But there's a pride flag hanging on the building on oh, the church. So interesting. Yeah. So it sounds more open. <laughs> Yes. And so my daughter could get married there if she chose to. She's not, none of my kids are really all that religious anymore. Um, She was thinking, my gay daughter was thinking of becoming Jewish, which is totally fine with me. But yeah, so that's kind of how it happened. I just, yeah, it sounds to me like really the sticking point for you was just feeling judged. Yeah. And and just, yeah, yeah, just kind of feeling like I'm not really welcome here. Like, yeah. I'm being, I'm a mortal sinner. Cause like yeah. I got divorced twice and, but honestly, to be honest, like, but I love Catholic people. Like mm-hmm. one thing that we learned is the church is the people. And it's like, I, I know so yeah. many people that are Catholic and they're wonderful. Right. And like I said, I knew a lot of really lovely priests and nuns. In fact, when I was 23, I lived in San Francisco with three nuns and did volunteer work and they were awesome. So, right. So it's, it's just the really... institution itself. Yes. Right. It's the, I don't know, in my opinion about religion is there's this community and they form around these ideas. And then it feels like all of them are there to keep those ideas. <laughs> it's like, oh, if you're like straying off the path, like we either need to get you back in or, or else like in, in my experience, we shouldn't be talking to you anymore. Like, this is how it could feel in our community. So that's what I Mm -hmm. I was going to ask, like, how hard is it to leave a community? But it sounds to me like Catholics might not have the same small, like the the community I grew up in is very 
close knit. That's the world. We're us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that's worldly. If you go out there, you know, there's all that sin and, you know, stay here, stay mm-hmm. like safe in this community. And that's the hardest mm-hmm. part for me as leaving a church feels like where's the community anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. having a difficult time with that. Right. You can find community at another church because like the Episcopal church, in fact, there's a lot of former Catholics that yeah. become Episcopal or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of churches or where you can find. You don't fellowship. have to go to church. So the, see, this is what mm-hmm. I'm currently exploring, right? It's mm-hmm. like, well, I don't really need religion to be, be a believer in God. So, you know, I, it's, there's mm-hmm. so much to explore here, but it's like, yes, community is hard for me. It's like, I grew up with these people and now they think I'm weird or, you know, you're just not, you're just not, they, they probably think a lot of things. I don't want to think what they are mm-hmm. thinking, but um, it's, mm-hmm. it's a fascinating discussion about leaving, leaving religion or, or leaving. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I'm leaving religion. <laughs> I'm leaving it. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because like, I think I, when I was growing up, it was like going to church every Sunday was a chore. You had to do it. It was like, you know, keep holy the Sabbath. Like it was right there in the yeah. 10 commandments. So you had to do it. And then it kind of felt like drudgery. And so now yeah. when I go, it's, it's almost like if you're going to hear a really good person speak, yeah, like whether it's a Ted talk or whether it's a coach or whether it's whatever, that's, so that's why I go to church now is because if you have a really great speaker, like, yeah they're connecting some dots for you in your regular life and you get something out of it. So that's why yeah. I go is yeah. not because I think like God's there. You didn't go this Sunday. You're going to hell. Um, but it's like, it's for that, my benefit. That is what I felt though. It's like, you got to go every Sunday. And, and when COVID started, I was like, you know, maybe I'm just not going to go and I'm going to try mm-hmm. not to right, And just see what mm-hmm. happens. And it more, I didn't go the more right. It felt right? To, to disconnect for a while and just really think about what do I believe, you know, to be true and going through all the things of what they think and versus what I think. And I'm like, yeah, I can't go back there. It's just not going to work. So, so in some ways COVID was a total gift for so many, you know, so many reasons, like the time off of things that you used to consistently do without really thought, like you just, well, this is just what we do. You know, you just go. You've been spending like the last year and a half critically thinking. Yeah, that's what I've been doing the last year yeah. and a half. I've been actually listening to myself, which is really new for me. Like, oh, could I trust that I could think about this for myself? I don't know. No, you're right. right. Yeah, because even like in the Catholic Church with catechism, <laughs> like it's all written out there in black and white. Yeah. And if I ever asked yeah. my mom about it, like her answer was always like, oh, well, it was divinely inspired. Yeah. Like now I just roll my eyes and I'm like, okay. Like it, it, it was, it was not that the men's thought about how things should be. It, it's not their perspective. It's, you know, the Holy spirit. And I'm like, okay. Right, right, right. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. So that is, that is one hard thing about even telling people, even telling friends that, oh, I've just been, you know, I've been doing some research. I've been trying to think about what I believe, you know, and they're just like, Oh, you know, it's just so wrong. Like, no, Mm -hmm. you don't do that. (laughs) You just have faith. What you're doing is a lot scarier. Like it's very, it's it's a lot easier if there's rules and you follow them. That's where it gets scary. No, wouldn't it be easy? And I, I've told myself this a lot. Like it'd be so much easier if I could just be one of those people that had no questions and just had just this amazing faith. And I'm like, yes, those are the rules and I'm following them. And Mm -hmm. that's, this is the way to heaven. And this is great. (laughs) It'd be so 
much easier. Like I wouldn't have to go mm-hmm. through all this. Yeah, it's super fascinating. It's been a really hard, you know, then I was I was reading about things like religious trauma. I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I have some of that. Like religious trauma mm-hmm. and all of these different things that people tell you, well, you just want to go sin or you just want to, I'm like, that's not it. Like I, you know, I'm still the same person. I still have the same values. You know what I mean? Like I have the same values, but I just don't believe it to be true that, you know, I just, here's one statement I'm going to say, and then we can kind of wrap up this episode, but the statement in our marriage ceremony that says the man is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church. I just never really have believed it. I kind of, I did it in my marriage ceremony, but I'm just like, never believed it. And right. more, it just bugs me. Right. Cause then we live that out. We live that mm-hmm. out as the husband is we have to somehow be under him and only out. And I love my husband, but you know what I mean? Like overall that men can only men can be the preachers, right? Only men can be on the church board. I never want to be a preacher and I don't care about the church board. However, some other women might want to, who knows? Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, why is that? Anyways, all the things, right. The history and, Mary Magdalene, and why don't we talk about her? And I don't know, you know, all the interesting things that there is to talk about religious stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a fascinating discovery for me. <laughs> so, it yeah. And plus, it's nice too. The, mm-hmm. So, where you're going to is interesting because when we're young, like we're just following what our parents say. Yeah. And like now, I just feel like, well, no, like I have a very big faith in Jesus, yeah. God, yeah. You know, and because I, believe it. Like I've chosen, like I've done my own critical thinking and yeah. And that's what I want to do. Like it makes my life better. Yes. I want to believe because I believe something, not because someone else told me to believe it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that was a big switch to make. It was just like, you know, I had questions in the past, but I just kind of keep quiet and it's okay. Mm -hmm. We're not going to ask those because you might not get answers anyways. Like there's not really good answers sometimes to those. Yeah, questions. that's not my personality. I'm the one that's like, why? Huh? <laughs> and, and it's kind yeah. of funny because I'll even think of like the stories that, you know, you know, the story of Jesus and the resurrection and the Virgin Mary and all that kind of stuff. And like, there's a tenet of the Catholic faith is that you have to believe that Mary is a virgin. Yeah. I'm like, I don't give a crap whether she's a virgin or not. Like that's the least, mm. that's the least interesting part of her. I relate yeah. to Mary as like a mom. Like what she had to endure with her son and watching him get crucified. Like, oh my God. You know what I mean? So I, yeah, it's super, yeah, it's super fascinating. And oh my gosh, I could talk about that forever. So instead of that, we need to wrap up this episode. (laughs) So (laughs) just tell, I just want you to tell our listeners, like if they're curious about who you are and what you do, like, where can they find you? What are you doing now? Yeah. Well, I don't coach about religion. I mean, of course it comes up sometimes, but (laughs) uh, yeah, my program is called uh, love after divorce. And so I coach women and I'm going to start coaching men too. And they can find me easily at my website. It's called the rebuilding coach.com. I'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah. And if somebody wants some help finding some love <laughs> after a divorce or a bad breakup, they can yeah. just check out my website and schedule a chat. It sounds like very important work <laughs> for a lot of people. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So thank you so much, Don, for being here today. And thank you, Ms. Turbo. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please go subscribe so that you get notified of all the future goodies that are coming along. While you're there, please leave me a review and let me know what you think. So excited to share this with you and can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye.